Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. AJ is a self-made millionaire who loves to be the source of inspiration for money empowerment for women. Today, we're going to pick AJ's brain about the concept of wealth consciousness and discuss ways that we parent entrepreneurs can explore our own relationship with money, especially as we step out into the unknown of working for ourselves. Welcome to the podcast, AJ. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. Yeah, and it's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> Thanks. So um, tell us a bit about your story and background and why you ended up launching My Wealth Conscious Coach. Well, I always tell people that my journey in wealth management was not by choice. It was actually by chance. I started in the industry right after college. I had wanted to be a veterinarian, but changed my major to business. And at the time, I moved to a really small time with my town with my then husband and it was either working at Home Depot or working right like at a bank because I would say back then entrepreneurship was something I was aware of but it wasn't something I thought was let's say a viable right like a viable way to pay the bills I was very much still in that you go to college you get a good job and right live happily ever after so I started as um, a licensed banker and really learned a lot about banking as well as investing and just worked my way up to my last role was a managing director for a Japanese bank. I was overseeing their investment department and I was a financial advisor myself for many years, but I just decided that um, my true passion has always been in coaching and leading others. So when COVID happened, I had a I had an opportunity to shift into entrepreneurship full time and so I launched my wealth conscious coach and I work specifically with women and money mindset and wealth management topics and we do it in a very fun and feminine way which is very different than right like the past 17 years I spent in the industry. Uh-huh. And so what is the way that's different that you're speaking to women about money as opposed to how you would speak to men about money? Well, I would say that women relate to money and wealth in very different ways, right? We naturally are intuitive, we're naturally collaborative, and we're naturally futuristic. And men typically want to learn about the returns. They want to know the performance where a woman wants to feel like you really are listening to them and that you understand what their goals and dreams are. Now, would we would I say there's an exception to both sides? Absolutely. But typically women are always looking to care and nurture for themselves as well as their future generations, whether that's their children or perhaps a business that they've started. And what do we mean when we say wealth consciousness? Well, wealth consciousness, I always say it's it's the awareness of the financial blocks that are holding you back. So a lot of the women who find me are quite successful, right? Like they're not in debt, they're not... Um, living paycheck to paycheck, they actually have very successful jobs or very successful businesses. 
It's just that they don't have a positive relationship with their money and wealth. So whether that's they feel guilty about it or they completely avoid it and delegate it to others and they feel like they're out of control. This idea of wealth consciousness is understanding how really having a good awareness of why you have the relationship with you do with money so that you can become more powerful as well as use it in ways that are aligned with your values. Right. Do you find that a lot of people, I, I mean, I see this in my work. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and small companies. Do you, do you see a lot of money fear out in, out in your, your business? Absolutely. You, the most recent statistic yeah. I read is that 52% of women actually are experiencing financial anxiety post COVID. And even more so, uh -huh. more women feel like COVID's going to have a long-term impact on their finances. So anxiety is a reality for women. It's also a reality for men, but I find that women tend to have more anxiety and stressors around money and don't often talk about it, right? Like they feel like they're in a, they're on an island or perhaps there's some embarrassment at the fact that they don't have a good relationship with money. And so this idea that we're like, we're, we're coming out of this new, this new world or coming into, I should say, this new world of COVID, I'm finding that a lot of women are looking for these types of tools and resources to navigate themselves through it. Yeah. Are you finding that, that women's roles with respect to money have changed? Like maybe they're the money person in the family now or... Um, you know, ha have there been transitions as a result of, of all that's happened in the last year? Well, there's two, um, or a shift? Yeah, there's two major phenomenons that have been happening. So one is women are the fastest growing, um, small business owners, as well as there's some studies out there that show women will in the next 10 to 15 years have two thirds of the wealth in the world, right? Like we'll have the power and influence of it. And what I'm seeing through COVID is a lot of women, uh, the last research that I saw, I think was almost 3 million women left the workforce, whether that's to start a business or to take care of family members, rather that's their parents or their children. And so mm -hmm. wealth management isn't new to women, right? It's just that now there's more initiatives that are focused on women because for a long time, the wealth management has only been paying attention to the more masculine energy, I call it, right? Like it's not necessarily male or female. It's just a very masculine way of handling finances. And so now that mm -hmm. women are acquiring more money, right? Like we're becoming breadwinners of our households. It's now time for women to really take a good handle on what their money can do for them as well as their communities. Right. And are you seeing more generosity with women than you usually see with men? Yes. Or so what are, what are some other differences? Yeah, women tend to be more philanthropic um, oriented as well as charitable givers. They tend to want to give back to their communities. They tend to want to volunteer. They tend to want to invest in socially responsible investments. And so as those demands are coming, we're seeing a shift in the industry as a whole Whereas, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, when I was a financial advisor, socially responsible investments and mutual funds were not available, but now there's a variety of options out there. So right, if you only want to invest in companies that have women CEOs, or if you only want to work, invest in companies that use clean energy, they're becoming more mainstream. Mm-hmm. 
And so what is it that you're that you're doing? Um, are you an investment advisor or what is your background with all of that? I mean, when you're working with these these women. So I spent 17 years in the financial services and investment industry, both being a financial advisor myself, as well as leading teams as large as 150 people. So what I do now is I take women through, it's a 12, uh, currently it's a 12 week course, but we're getting ready to shift that um, and looking at different types of wealth management topics on how to allocate your resources all the way to what's your definition of wealth, what's your value system around wealth, how do you set up a financial plan, as well as how do you have the important conversations that are needed with your partner, your children, your spouse, so that it's not them trying to, like it's, in a way it's kind of funny, I call it like, it's like a coming out. Like these women are finally yeah. coming out of the darkness or hiding and really gaining their power and influence with their wallet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so can we talk about the role that money plays in a freelancer's journey? Um, specifically when someone transitions from corporate to um, being a freelancer or entrepreneur, in your experience, what are some of the issues that come up as people navigate this new way of making money? I would say the number one issue is ultimately ego, right? So a lot mm -hmm. of people in corporate America are making great money and they have the golden handcuffs as we all like to call it and then they decide <laughs> to make this leap into entrepreneurship and what uh -huh. we all know about entrepreneurship is it's not as glamorous in the first couple of years <laughs> as people make it seem right like you do hear about those yeah. scenarios where someone you know became a six-figure earner in six months and the, the reality is is that's not always likely and so yeah. some of the pitfalls i see is people become very comfortable with the salary, right? Like, you know, as long as you show up to work, you're getting a salary. Different than when you're in entrepreneurship or starting a business, if you're not working, the money doesn't come in. And sometimes even working doesn't generate revenue. And so right. there's really a mindset shift that has to take place in terms of remembering and allowing for that, that up ramp, that ramp up, as I like to call it. So what I always coach, um, my clients is they're looking to transition out of corporate America is how important it is for them to have a financial plan in place. So I would have never mm -hmm. been able to leave my corporate job if I hadn't had a plan in place to do that, right? To know what are my expenses? How am I going to pay for it, right? What's my savings? What type of a savings amount do I need to keep in the event I need to pull out of there to be able to pay my day-to-day -day expenses, the other major mistake I see that happens is the commingling of personal and business funds. I think sometimes <laughs> business owners wait a little too long to separate them. And then all of a sudden, when their business isn't successful, they make it mean something about them. And the reality oh. is, is your business is not you. Even though you're the face of the business, the business is its own thing. And you want to keep that mm -hmm. separate than you personally. Uh, otherwise you might run into some scenarios where you're trying to overcompensate, right? For the business not being successful and using personal money to do that. Yeah, I, I see a lot of that in practice as well. And we've actually done a few, um, podcasts about, you know, keeping everything separate. Um, that is something that I have 
I, I'm not doing it anymore, but I used to help folks clean up and separate. And um, it's, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it can get really messy. Um, and, you know, I think that what happens is that then turns into a big snowball, you know, um, because, you know, they're, they're already feeling a little shaky maybe. And it's the first few years when, as we know, it's like the scary time. Um, and then there's like this financial mess that needs to be untangled that they're not like, I can't even begin to deal with that. And Absolutely. I think that, that that turns into, um, <clears throat> that can get ugly. So, so are you able to prevent that from happening to folks by just sort of being helping them be proactive or yeah so i work with i work with financial advisors to get either business financial plans in place or personal financial plans what i find is if people are business owners they need both Uh, if you're in Uh corporate america you can usually just work with a personal financial plan but because i'm not currently using my investment licenses and because i tend to really enjoy the depth that I can go into, right? We're talking, right? When I talk about wealth consciousness, it really is some deep, like what I like to call soul work, right? We're healing wounds of past failures or past issues with money. And so it's really nice to be able to hold the space for that as well as get the actionable, concrete uh, financial plans in place for these individuals as well too. Right. Um, so what is the format of this course that you have? Is it is it an in-person, real-time, or is it asynchronous, or is it... Um... Yeah, so it's actually transitioning. I, I'm very grateful it has taken off tremendously, and now... Um, so I have personally been leading all of the content myself, and now we're transitioning to where the content will live online in courses, and I'm creating uh-huh. what's called the Wealth Conscious Club, which will be women who are part of, I don't want to call it a membership, but it is, it's a community of women who are working towards, right, becoming more wealth conscious. So that's launching um, sometime in August or September. So stay tuned more for that. Okay. And make sure to get back to us and we'll uh, pass that information along to our network over here. Because we may have some overlap. Um, We may have some of our listeners out there in listener land listening today and thinking, gosh, that's exactly what I need. So hopefully we can connect you. Um, so on a personal note, um, I, I heard you say that you had to go, uh, pick up your son from school. So how many kids do you have? So I have three fantastic stepsons. Uh, they are 11, Mm -hmm. 14 and We'll call it almost 17, but, you know, he thinks he's 25 some days. (laughs) (laughs) And so how is that juggle with with all of them? It's been quite the roller coaster, especially with COVID. Um, Yeah. But I I think it's one of the most rewarding jobs and life roles that I've ever had. I was single for a very long time after I got divorced years ago, living the life, um, you know, enjoying traveling, met my fantastic partner, Tim, about almost three, three and a half years ago. And during COVID, we just thought, well, we're already basically together all the time. Why don't we try moving in? So we actually took the plunge in September and, you know, we're all still alive. <laughs> I have some more, 
I have more gray hair, but I'm definitely, uh, we've found a place where we can all work really well together. And so I feel very yeah. lucky because in a lot of ways, it, people are like, you're crazy. You went from being single to right, a family of five. But I always say I kind of missed out on the sleepless nights. I kind of missed out on all of that. And it's bittersweet, right? Like I would have loved to have been there for all of that. And now I get to help shape these young men, um, these young boys, honestly, into men. And that feels like a really fun, fun um, opportunity that I get to have. And so you you uh, became part of you became the only female member of a family of men, right? Yes, <laughs> which is funny because I was raised in a family of all women. So I'm the youngest of three girls. I have three nieces. There are just zero boys um, in my family. So the fact that <laughs> I found a partner who has nothing but boys was is kind of funny. You know, I, I did the same thing recently. Um, I became a stepmom and a step-grandmother. And so my my step-grandsons are about the same age range as your bunch. And uh, so that's been interesting. And the the one slight twist in all of this is that they're Danish. And mm, so I also have doing. to learn I, Danish. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> it's all coming together now. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's great. That's great. And I'm glad that everything worked well with COVID for you all. Um, did you have to homeschool or how did that work? We did. So I'm located in California and they were pulled out in March and basically did mm -hmm. not go back to even a hybrid until April of this year. So oh from the end of last year through pretty much the majority of this year, they were at home, right? So there were five of us trying to get on the internet, which always made for some fun Wi-Fi issues, um, as well as, <laughs> you know, just navigating, trying to do the work, trying to make sure schoolwork was done, um, trying to navigate all of us being in, right, a, in a home together and being in each other's faces all the time. But they went back to school on a hybrid model in April and fingers crossed, it sounds like everything's going to be back in session in the fall. Yeah. Good. Well, good luck with that. I hope Thank that you. you can get that all sorted <laughs> What a crazy world. Right. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know how the younger parents did it, right? With little kids running around and toddlers and, you know, at least they could yeah. fend for themselves for lunches. And um, so yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for the parents who have younger kids that went through COVID. Oh, yeah. Oh, what a time. What a time. I think that's all we have on our uh, on our questions for today. I'm going to ask you two more. Um, okay. They're wrapping up questions. Um, so the first one is, what are some practical action items you can leave our audience with today? Assuming that we're speaking to a number of freelancers or wannabe freelancers. Yeah, I, I, and I think also it's safe to say that the majority of your listeners are also parents. And yeah. so I think the most important action items is to get aligned with your spouse, your partner on your finances before you make a, a move to entrepreneurship or leave the role. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, my partner and I are actually in the process of having a conversation around what this next year is going to look like. Um, and we try to do that at least monthly. Right. Like it's sometimes it's a very casual conversation, but we're actually getting ready to sit down and have 
like a monthly meeting. We want to be we want to be aligned on a monthly basis around our finances because as I'm sure everyone on here can can agree like money tends to be something that couples, partners and spouses get right get tangled up on. And I think mm-hmm. the other important actionable step is is if you are considering moving into entrepreneurship is creating a really strong financial plan for yourself as well as a business plan. And I don't mean like right what's who's the business going to serve all of that is fantastic and I mean more on the financial side. So what's your starting revenue? What do you expect your expenses to be? And really get a robust routine around sticking to that because as a new entrepreneur, it's easy to be like, oh, sure, like that sounds great. I'll do that. I'll do this. <laughs> and before you know it, right, you're not bringing in the revenue and all the money's going out for expenses. So those would be, I'd say, the two actionable items that anyone listening could do on on their own as well. But also if there's a business partner or a life partner or spouse that they need to have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. And does your partner um, work as an employee or is? Yes. Yeah, so um, he works for a tech company here in San Diego. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're actually in the process of discussing what that looks like. He's older than me. He's about 13 years older than me. So he's not quite at retirement, but he's getting closer. And so we're trying to make some really important decisions around whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to transition into something else. Um, what And so it, you know, it's, it's just reality that things are always changing, right? We also have our 17 year old who's going to be going to college. So what does that look like? Um, so a lot of moving pieces to think about and to plan for. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that that resonates with the folks that are listening right now um, with all those different uh, factors that they have to take into consideration. So if um, our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So the best place to find us is on Instagram, My Wealth Conscious Coach. Obviously, we also have a website, MyWealthConsciousCoach.com. But that's the best place to see what we're up to, what we've got going on, um, and to get in contact with us. Cool. All right. And we will add all of your uh, contact information in the show notes. So... Um, anybody listening to this podcast will be able to look you up very easily. Fantastic. Fantastic.